we are on the brink of a mental health crisis. And this is why I am so appreciative of the folks over at BetterHelp. They provide the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up today. Go to BetterHelp.com and use the promo code SOLVINGHEALTHCARE and get 10% off sign-up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Okay, as nation, check check it out. Welcome back. This is going to be a quick solo cast, mini cast. Solo cast, mini cast. Just wanted to throw down some things that have been percolating in my mind grapes because it's been a while. You know, I I must say for like sanity, we've been slowing down the number of shows. So we're doing a show every two-ish weeks, try to stay relevant. But um, there's been a couple of things that have been I've been ruminating on. And really it's been on the state of our current healthcare system. And I think there needs to be a highlight on this a little bit because right now, and I'm not one to do, you know throw down some hyperbole, but I honestly think we're the healthcare system in, in Canada, or at least in Ontario right now, is in a bit of trouble. And what I'm saying is, I'm seeing these unbelievable wait times for imaging, for surgeries, for seeing specialists. I'm seeing people coming into hospital with late presentations, with you know trying to see their family doctor, weren't able to see their family doctor and unfortunately presenting with late stage cancers, you know, known aneurysms that rupture, infections that are, that are just have gotten worse and worse and then present in septic shock. And I don't see a legit solution right now. I'm not hearing talk about a solution. Like, this is my this is my qualm. Like, yes, monkeypox is a thing. We'll do a show on why it's a bit hyped up right now. But you know, yes, there's future variants with COVID or whatever. But we need to focus on the now and what we're seeing, and and be more proactive instead of reactive in terms of how we're going to manage the numbers. 
the need, healthcare needs because the solution right now, we're not talking about a, 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 a sustainable solution. Oh, we'll just try and like increase our surgeries and, and ramp up. Like clearly we can't do just, it's not that simple. There's more burnout amongst healthcare providers. There's less staff available. People are, have, have had enough, like straight up. People have had enough. They're like, I am done. Like with the profession, I am done. I am no longer, you know, in healthcare. I need to step out. You know what I'm saying? And like people left the workforce or in some of the more critical areas, whether it's surgery, some in critical care, for example, but or emerge, that's a big one, emerge. They're like, I'm done. You hear these stories where they've had to shut down emerges. I've heard stories where they had to shut down ICUs. And we are still being, I still feel like our approach is reactive. We need to think about solutions. And I mean, I got some ideas personally that I think, I don't know if we're ready for, but we need to start thinking about. So for example, I do think we need to have an element of private. We should be open to the idea of privatization. And I was one of the first to say like, no, you know, being in Canada, seeing somehow healthcare is thrown down in the States. You do not want a two tier system. You don't want a two class system. But when you know there's, for example, there's unemployed orthopedic surgeons right now. And think about how many people need their hips and knees done. Unemployed, despite having two fellowships and such. Do you know what I mean? Like there's the demand, there's the the, the, there's the supply with the physicians, but there's no venue. So what I, what I would propose, for example, is that there is an element of privatization, but the doctors that work in the private sector can only work so many hours in the private sector. Because one of the main concerns is the, is the talent drain, where you're getting all the talented docs going to the private sector and, uh, you know, you get less quality care in the public sector, you know? So I, I think if I'm aware, if I'm correct, New Zealand does a similar structure where they're only allowed, I think 20 or 25% of their time in the private sector to be able to provide, uh, you know, surgeries in, the, in that area. Like, I, I do think we need to be a little bit more provocative. Like think about, you know, right now, even like getting licensing, to work in another province, that's a, like, that, that takes time. That takes uh, a lot of red tape. And, and you got to think like, you know, a, a nurse or a doc that was working in Alberta or Quebec that wants to work in Ontario, like we should streamline that. You got to think about how many foreign trained healthcare providers there are right now. This should be streamed. I know a doc, I know a urologist, for example, trained, fully trained, working in in Southern America, had to retrain up here, doing another five years. Talent-wise, he's ready to go. He's been doing surgeries for 10 years. He's going to have to retrain. You know what I mean? Little things like this, little barriers, little red tape steps. You know what I mean? And all this adds up. If we're going to catch up, if we're going to fix this system, we got to think outside the box. You know, you know, virtual care gets a bit of a bad rep. And I think there's situations where we should limit the amount of virtual care that we're given. 
some stuff needs to be seen like with our own eyes, but there's also the ability for docs to see patients throughout the country in a virtual format, give, give advice and, hard in, in areas that are rural that are, you know, in, in, in the territories and, and you can get the best advice from the, from the, from the top notch docs. Like the scale is huge, but once again, there's a licensing issue. I don't have a license in Alberta. I, I technically can't be giving advice to somebody across the, across the country. We need to fix that. We need to streamline this, but like this is where not to get too, increased but this is where our energy has to go like i'm so sick of reading these articles on why we should be so scared of covid right now listen covid is here to stay we gotta learn to live with this we've been vaccinated we've been infected we have hybrid immunity we have uh we have therapeutics available you know what i'm saying like it's time to like move on seeing these articles in Globe and Mail, why we need to mask today. Listen, <laughs> if we can't take off the mask now, when can we take off the mask? I'm sorry. Like I'm taking, I'm talking outside the healthcare system. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going there. Like within, I'm talking about in, in society, we're still talking about, you know, mandates and, and vaccine mandates and for travel and, and masking lists. Like, the data is clear now. Whether you're vaccinated or not, you could still transmit. You could still get infected. The vaccines work at preventing from severe disease. That's the focus. Are we going to put a strain on our healthcare system? If at this stage, my humble opinion, absolutely not. Our energy should be putting like when we're talking about like boosters, for example, it really should be on people that need it the most, those that are likely to land in hospital. But to focus it on like there should be no energy put into whether an 18-year-old needs a booster and a healthy 18-year-old college student needing a booster, especially a male uh, with the risk of myocarditis and pericarditis. Our energy doesn't need to be put into that. Their energy needs to be focused on those that are likely to get sick and land in hospital. I just think we're so all over the place. Like, just be targeted and be sensical and use the data in front of us. You know what I mean? And, and like, let's move, let's put our energy in recovery in recovery. Like I am like, have we thought about this? Some of our, like our youth right now, some of our youth had two years of university, not like uh, virtual learning, our future doctors, nurses, teachers, engineers have had like subpar education. Our kids in general have had subpar education, especially in Ontario with those prolonged school closures. Our kids are behind. What's the talk about how we recover, how we catch up? That's the energy. That's where the focus needs to be. Screw this like, oh, man, uh, you know, BA4 is going to like ruin our children or long COVID is going to ruin our children. It's enough, enough of the fear. I'm tired of it. Focus on what we can control and, what, and, and moving on. Our kids deserve it. Our population deserves it. How do we catch up? Look at, and like, I'm sorry. One of the things I'm going to say this. A lot of us that were, you know, at risk of being canceled for saying, you know, watch out for those risks of lockdowns. Watch out for those risks of school closures. Look what's happening now. Okay. You with the 
like immunity, like immunity debt from prolonged like isolation with our kids and 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 uh, uh, not having exposure to other pathogens. Look at like how often kids are getting sick. The RSV surge, like this was predictable. The mental health and and physical concerns. This was predictable amongst our kids. And this is going to be the next epidemic, uh, the mental health of our kids. I can't tell you how many people have approached us saying, can I get help? Well, find us a a child psychologist because our kids are struggling. So predictable. The higher uh, cancer and and eMERGE visits and the delayed uh, surgeries and the sequelae of that, very predictable. We've been saying that from the get-go. You know what I'm saying? All these things that were taboo to say and and it needed to be addressed so we can mitigate it. And we, and I feel like, and the reason I'm, I'm not saying this to say like, oh, listen to me, I'm right. It's so that we learn, because I'm afraid we don't learn. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's consequences to our actions. And we need to acknowledge them. We need to acknowledge the unintended consequences so we can prevent it from happening again. Because you'll hear in the fall, there's going to be more hype more cases. We need to close down. We need to potentially lock down. We need to hazmat suit everybody. Like that talk is going to come again from all these COVID zero folks. And we need to be strong and say, no, no school closures. Back to reality. Learn, like really look at the risk to our kids. Once again, something I was taboo to say, you, you know, your risk to your kids, like uh, getting seriously sick from COVID was so low. Like I said, if you were willing to drive your kid from Ottawa to Toronto, that's a higher risk for them to from them to die than it would be from COVID. And you wouldn't even think twice about driving your kid to Toronto. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get real. Let's get less fear focused. Let's talk about recovery because we need to hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like, lives are at stake because we are behind. So let's let's figure out a way to to bounce back. You know what I mean? And uh, enough is enough. You know, we deserve better. You know, hopefully our our current leadership is going to take us there. But, you, you know, I think even in regards to the show, this is what we're going to be talking about way more is just recovery, how we get how we catch up. Those that follow me on TikTok or any of the uh, social media really, fo- you know, we do a lot of focus on prevention. Well, how are you going to stay healthy, stay out of hospital, prevent you from landing in an ICU? And I want to hear more talk about that. You know what I mean? Like well, more walkable city. How do you make food, good food more, more affordable? That's the other thing too, man. Look at inflation right now. Look at gas. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh, don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about it, man. That, that, who cares? Just focus on COVID. I'm like, economy is health. Look at those on the margins. Those are the ones landing in hospital and sick. Economy matters. You want to be able to afford good food. You want to be able to, to not work two jobs so you could and, and be able to do the stuff you need to do to be healthy, healthy and sound. You got to be, life has to be affordable. Gas is $2 a liter, man. This ain't 20, 48. You know what I'm saying? This is some fucking, this is crazy ass shit. Excuse my French. Gas, I mean, interest rates, inflation's going to blow up. And everyone's just like, who cares, dude? 
Don't worry about businesses, man. Who cares about the economy? It doesn't matter. Lives, man. COVID. It all ties. It all ties. And so I get a little testy because like, you know, you you would say this and there'd be all these like people trying to drop kick you in the temple or the temporal lobe. And, uh, you know, we've known this. The research shows this. The data shows this. You know, so you're going to choose to lock down for a prolonged period of time. Once again, there's consequences. And how do you mitigate them? Let's use the data to like not to not approach it with a restriction point of view, but uh, an action point of view, intervention point of view. Who's at risk? And let's focus on those that are at risk and provide them with all the tools they need. One last thing, like, for example, when we were offering boosters earlier in 2020, uh, late 2021, early 2022, and we opened it up to the whole population and 18-year-olds were getting boosters before 75-year-olds because they know how to log on, that's a mistake. That is, that, this is where we're failing, folks. This is the mindset we need is to say where our priorities are, not just like, hey, let's be fair to everybody. Screw that. Who needs it the most? That's where you got to approach it. Be smart. Be bold. Have courage to do the right thing. It's time. Too much is at stake, yo. All right. I think I got all this off my chest. Felt good, though, man. Felt good. I feel reinvigorated, reassimilated. You know what I'm saying? Flicked I love it. Sorry. I just realized that this is mostly audio, and I'm, I'm doing this on Zoom, too, so I was just flexing my muscles. That's a, I know that's a weird thing to do, but it is what it is. <laughs> so, listen... Quadcast Nation, thanks for listening. Leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. We're all over the place at Quadcast. Leave that five star rating. It matters, man. The show's growing, continuing to change the boogie. Check out Solving Wellness, by the way. We're doing, we're also those that are interested in joining our study. Email us at solvingwellness.com. Fresh is. And uh, we'll connect again real soon. Thanks for joining.